0: You're listening to Family Pedals, the podcast for people questioning the status quo and living life a little bit differently. I'm your host, Sarah Copper. Before we get into today's interview, I wanted to share that I was recently on the other side of the microphone chatting with Kat Caparello of the Joyride podcast. She hosts what she calls bike love chats with women cyclists who share their stories about bike touring, advocacy, and the everyday ways we get around on two wheels. I was on episode 33 back in January, and you can find the link in the show notes. Today, my friend Savannah Adams joins me on the show. She shares her experience biking for transportation with her two boys in Austin, Texas. We also talk about the Yellow Bike Project, a local community bike shop that teaches people how to fix their own bikes and works to get more bikes on the streets of Austin. Savannah, welcome to Family Pedals. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am really glad to have you on the show. We first met when I was living in Austin, and you were one of the families who sort of helped show us the ropes while we were there and got us more comfortable with biking in Austin. So I'm looking forward to sharing your story and your knowledge about Austin and the Yellow Bike Project with the community here.
1: Oh my gosh, we felt the same way about you guys. So That's, that's fantastic, <laughs> just feeding, <laughs> feeding off
0: each other. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's the great part of the biking community. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and who's in your family? Sure. My name's Savannah,
1: and my partner is Doug. And I've got two littles just turned four, Ezra, and just turned two yesterday, Oscar. Wonderful. In the thick of it?
0: Yes, I can relate. We were trading some <laughs> parenting stories here right before we got started. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you share with us your personal biking story and how you started biking for transportation?
1: Sure. I didn't bike much during college. I walked a lot. And then when I was living in St. Louis, I ended up driving. I I felt like I was far away from my campus. I probably wasn't, but I was just in a driving mindset. I did have a rusty, crusty mountain bike that I bought used And I just carted that around with me. I rode it occasionally. Uh, It was never really a part of my daily transportation until I moved back to Austin. And I was introduced to a community of folks that biked for transportation almost everywhere they went. It was a fun little weekly soccer group and we had potlucks together. And it was just like, wow, this is amazing. This is what you do. Austin is, it's a big city, but it's also a small city if you if you're able to live centrally. So it's really easy to get around. The infrastructure wasn't quite what it is today back then. You know, biking around with people and it's just great because you get to learn from them the best routes to get around town. So there's a map, but then there's like the secret trail that connects you or this is the way to get through this intersection and you don't even know that until you take a ride with some other folks. I started uh, there and then eventually got involved uh, with the Yellow Bike Project, and then it became a really just 100% in my bones.
0: Yes, I love how you mentioned how much easier it was to get integrated when you knew people who were doing that, because that has been my experience too, and that I had never lived in a big city before Austin, and then knowing people who got around by bike, it felt so much safer that my first few forays were on these roads I should have never been on cuz I had no idea totally and once I got connected that's when it started to feel like oh yeah I can do this we can still keep biking here
1: yeah yeah absolutely so and and the community bike shop provided that community as well
0: and we are definitely going to talk more about the yellow bike project but before we go there why don't you share how you made that switch from biking on Your own to biking now with two kids, and what did that look like for your family?
1: Yeah, so basically, for our family, it felt really natural. It wasn't a question of if we are going to bike as a family and with young kids, it was more of a how. What's the best way? How are we going to feel most comfortable? So, I uh, really liked the idea of having the kids in front of me. I am a short person. I think you and I had this conversation when your oldest was little and you ended up transitioning to like a different style of bike more of a step through to accept Mm -hmm. that that front seat yes and I didn't want to go there I really liked my current bike and I was inspired by some other friends of ours who have pretty fantastic hand-built front loader long john bicycle uh that was built locally here and I thought man really want to get my hands on one of those and this was the perfect time to take that leap. We opted to go with a Bachfeet-style front loader built by a fellow named Lane with a set my cargo. We went there, but then it took forever to get the bike. <laughs> so we were waiting, 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 waiting. And uh, Ezra was getting older, and I was just so eager. And so I was just walking and taking the bus. And we do have a car. We would use it occasionally. So once he was nine months, I finally got the bike put it together. And we were on the road and we just strapped him down in the car seat in the box.
0: Yeah. And it was quite a leap of faith that you took because you weren't able to test ride the bike before purchasing it.
1: Total leap of faith. So that was really, it was really scary because it was a large chunk of change to go there.
0: Right. It's an investment.
1: It is a total investment and would be so fantastic to have you know, more access to cargo bikes, especially those that are that are made to carry kids at the local bike shops to be able to try them out. We don't have that here in Austin, so yeah, we just we just went for it. Uh, I knew we'd feel pretty comfortable with the linkage steering, having ridden our friends, and Lane as a reputable company and great reviews, and I exchanged some emails with him, and we just went for it.
0: And does your family use electric assist, or are you still oh. uh, all human-powered?
1: We just jumped into electric assist about mm, a month ago. And it has been a total game changer. With the hills in Austin and with the kids getting older, it's just it was getting heavier and heavier. And I wasn't excited to haul my kids around on this bike anymore. We finally piecemealed together our electric assist. Now I just I feel like I can do anything. I feel superhuman.
0: <laughs> yes. And making it fun again. I mean, that's the key. You don't want to be dreading bike rides with your kids. It's supposed to be an enjoyable part of your life. So if electric assist helps that, I am all for it.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, like I said before, we do have a car. We use it occasionally. And I was starting to choose the car for like a longer trip or to go to the grocery store instead of taking the bike. because It was just taking so long. And by the time I'd get there or to our destination, I would just be completely exhausted. So it's turned this extremely heavy bicycle and to just kind of like riding your regular bike around town without any weight. So I'm still working really hard and that feels really good. You know, it's like someone's got their hand on your back a little bit. It's like, come on, you got, you got this hill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's transition into your work at the Yellow Bike Project. Why don't you give us a brief overview of what they do, and then we'll start getting into how you got involved there.
1: Sure. So the Yellow Bike Project is a nonprofit, 501 501c3 community bike shop. There's community bike shops all over the U.S. and different parts of the world. And this is Austin's. We are one of the oldest community bike shops now celebrating our 21st year in existence.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It was created by volunteers and run solely by volunteers for the first 16 years, I believe, uh, until we started to introduce some paid staff. Volunteers are the governing body of this place, and they run our open shops for the community. It's pretty magical. But yeah, uh, the Yellow Bikes mission is to put bikes on the streets of Austin, simply enough, and teach folks how to maintain them and empower folks by sharing skills and providing the tools necessary to become self-reliant.
0: Yes. Well, why don't you share how you first got involved with Yellow Bike and what your first experiences volunteering there were like?
1: Sure. So I started coming into the shop. I I was riding around a a really heavy old mountain bike, department store mountain bike that I would had for years. And my cousin and I got together and said, man, have you heard about the Yellow Bike Project, wow, this sounds amazing. We can go there and volunteer some time and then earn our own bike. We can get a bike to keep just through volunteering and they're going to teach us how to work on bikes. So we got together and we said, hey, let's go weekly, let's go every Wednesday. It was a little intimidating as I feel like bike shops can be, especially for women. So we kind of teamed up. And then once we got into the rhythm of things, if she couldn't make it, I felt totally comfortable coming in, but that was kind of the, it's great to have a partner to say, yes, come on, let's do this thing. So we went through the earn a bike program. I continued to volunteer off and on, but it wasn't until 2008 that I apprenticed to be a coordinator and started helping to coordinate shops. And I became a staff mechanic when we started to pay people to build sell bikes. So we have low cost refurbished bikes that we offer for sale to the public as well. I would continue to volunteer until the birth of my first son. And I stepped back, I continued to run a women trans femme shop for a year. I'm now just a staff mechanic here at the shop. It's in my blood. I can't leave yellow bike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love to hear that evolution of feeling a little unsure going those first few times and then Gaining comfort and experience and knowledge. And then now you're one of the paid staff members there. And my experience at Yellow Bike was also that feeling of I really had to gear myself up the first time that I went. And part of that is just I had no knowledge going in. So I was riding my bike, but I didn't know how to adjust brakes. I didn't know how to change cables. I didn't know any of that. And it felt intimidating to show up and just say, Hey, I know nothing. But Yellow Bike is this really safe space to do that. And they really encourage people who know nothing to come so that they can learn.
1: Absolutely. I feel like I'm a broken record up here just constantly like, seriously, you don't have to know anything. Please come in. Like, it'll be so fun to get greasy and like have a wrench in your hand. I mean, there's there's power in that. And I think a lot of people from a young age aren't given the opportunity and especially women and trans folks and other Similar groups are not given the opportunity to hold that wrench. And here at Yellow Bike, that's what we do. We put the wrench in your hand. We don't do the work for you. We teach you how to do it.
0: Yes. I love that word where you're talking about empowerment and how satisfying it feels to know that you know your bike and understand it in a way that before you would have had to take it into a bike shop. And I think that gives a lot of confidence even outside of the biking realm and the transportation realm.
1: Yeah, totally. It was fantastic to gain some knowledge and then be out on the road and see someone that had a flat and then stop and say, hey, are you okay? Do you need some help? I've got a pump. We can do this together. And that, that feels really great instead of just riding past and being like, oh, dang, that thing."
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Can you share some of the ways that Yellow Bike creates that safe space? You talked about that there's a specific women trans femme and you also do work with kids and kids in the community where the shop is. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we just wrapped up some youth programming where we are having after school open shop hours for kids to come in. We occasionally offer that, but any shop that, that we have, anytime our shop floor is open, youth are welcome. So we offer a youth earn a bike program as well. That's just kind of a truncated version of the, the adult program. So it's super fun to have kids running around in here and just their eyes lighting up. They just overhauled their own hub. You know, they they replaced bearings and got greasy and they just fixed that. Or their brakes weren't working and now they're riding out and they're off in the streets and great. And they fixed it themselves. Yellow Bike, I feel like, takes a lot of care to maintain an openness and and welcomeness and, and provide a safe space for all. But, I mean, you can't deny that the bike world the bike maintenance has been overwhelmingly dominated by the cis male world yes so we offer um specifically the women trans femme we call it wtf shops to help teach folks who who feel intimidated and and marginalized uh, in our society and, and especially in a mechanical space to come in and feel comfortable and feel confident and working and fixing your own bike and helping us fix bikes as well so it's a it's a nice way to get familiar with the shop space you know just knowing where things are in a big warehouse that you know that you've walked in here before before you go into an open shop can be empowering in and of itself right so Mm -hmm. we offer the wtf shops once a month community asks for it and we provide it and it's super fun
0: there's something to having women being the ones who are teaching as well, because then that's a model for, oh, I can have all that knowledge, too, that feels really different. There's some power just in that image and that statement.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You you said it well right there. I couldn't agree more. I feel like there's always been a handful of women here involved at Yellow Bike, and I looked up to them when I first started coming here and being like, oh, yeah, OK, there's other ladies here so we can do this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. We've mentioned the Earn-A-Bike program a couple times in passing. Could you describe that in a little bit more detail for people who aren't familiar with it?
1: Sure. Our Earn-A-Bike program currently uh, for adults is, we require 24 hours of volunteer time, and as you're collecting those hours, you're essentially building us a bike that we are going to donate to another organization. And so you're going through a checklist of repair skills, and it's basically. it's Everything there is to do on a bike. You know, you're going to overhaul bearings, you're going to trade out cables, you're going to adjust brakes, patch a flat, uh, all, all the things, all the things. And once you're done with that checklist, and you collect that volunteer time. That those 24 hours, you move on and go back to our trailers and find a frame or a bike in any state of repair or disrepair, however you like to look at things like that. And uh, <laughs> And uh, then you go through that same checklist and you're working on your bike that you're going to walk out of here or ride out of here, really, with when you're done.
0: And that was one of the first ways that you got involved, too, is upgrading from the mountain bike you were riding to building your own bike through that program.
1: Yes, it definitely was. And boy, it was, it was fantastic. Um, and I felt so proud and
0: attached to it. Yes, that describes it perfectly. Well, Yellow Bike is such a big part of the biking community in Austin. I'm looking forward to continuing to follow its work and see what happens in the next 21 years. Well, let's move into these wrap-up questions I have at the end of every show. And feel free to talk about your own personal biking experience as a biking family in Austin or to your experience volunteering and working and being part of the Yellow Bike community. Okay. What have you found to be the biggest challenges?
1: I think biggest challenges of biking as a family, I think, are keeping the kids excited to get onto the bike when it's a hundred and ten degrees outside, or you know, this winter we've experienced cold down here. You know, we rode in the teens the other day, so it happens occasionally. <laughs> Ezra actually had a great idea, and he he got his swim goggles to cover his eyes. Yes. To, to protect his eyes the other day. So he looked fantastic on the bike. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just keeping everyone, you know, ex- excited to roll slower and reminding each other that it, it's great to be able to say hi to the construction worker, that you're so excited to see the equipment and maybe we, you you get to stop and talk to them and touch the tires or feeling the wind on your face and waving to the cat and these, these sorts of things that When you're in the car, you don't get that perspective and constantly trying to to make it fun for the kids.
0: Yeah, I appreciate your honesty about that, because on the one hand, I think biking is naturally exciting and fun for kids. And I think that most of the time it's a really enjoyable experience for them. But when you're doing it every day, day in and day out, it really is this thing you have to do to get from point A to point B. And that sometimes kids are more excited about that than they are other times. And it's not a big event because it's just what we do, and we have to do it even when the weather's terrible and even when we'd rather be inside. Yeah. So, yeah. And kids are kids. And so, a three year old isn't always going to want to be doing what needs to happen.
1: Right. Especially in that moment, right? He may want, he may be excited to ride the bike once we're on the bike and rolling. Right. But I didn't want to put that truck down, or, you know, <laughs> I was in the middle of coloring. Myself and Margaret. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yes, transitions are the bane of every parent's <laughs> existence. <laughs> well, what have you found to be the biggest benefits?
1: I think it's kind of the same thing of, you know, what what makes it so hard is can be what makes it so beautiful as well. Instilling in, in my kids that moving slower can be really beneficial. And mm-hmm. using your own body, even though we have the electric assist, <laughs> like, <laughs> is... Is amazing and it's good for the environment.
0: Yeah, I think what you're getting at is it really is two sides of the same coin. And I think showing our kids that living our values isn't always the easy choice. And that doesn't mean it's drudgery or that it's terrible or that we're not enjoying it. But I feel like biking is a really concrete way to walk the walk and that that is something our kids are absorbing and taking in and. benefit over the long haul.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Sarah.
0: What about related to your work at Yellow Bike? What have you found to be the biggest benefits of that?
1: I would say probably the biggest benefit outside of just gaining knowledge and feeling empowered and knowing how to use tools and and fix things. That's so fun, fixing things. I'm so into fixing everything now that I (laughs) that I can fix a bike and I do it all day, every day, you know, it's anything I look at. I just, I'm like, how does that work? It switched my brain. I feel like some people think that they might not be mechanically inclined, but I think a lot of that it has to do with opportunity. Yes. But outside of just that mechanical, it's also just the community. I found, I found family here at Yellow Bike. It's not, it's not just hanging out here and working on bikes. It's discussing the world and hanging out together and sharing food together and it's become a lot of people here are a part of my family and, and, it, and it feels that way it's just I found people that are like-minded and it's it's part of my community inside the shop and outside of the shop that's huge
0: well if somebody were considering coming to one of the open shops for the very first time and had no background whatsoever in bike maintenance what advice would you have for them
1: just do it just come in that's the biggest step, right, is if you're feeling like, ah, I'm nervous or a little intimidated, I think the biggest thing is just to come make it to the shop, walk through the door, and you'll see. I mean, I've visited other community bike shops around the U.S. as well. It's just, it's a welcoming community, and we're there, people are there to to teach you, to teach the public how to work on bikes. So, it's exciting when someone comes in and, and is ready to do something but doesn't know how to do it. It's, and it's why we're here. It's
0: Right. Showing up is the most important step.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you have any resources or encouragement for people who may not have a community bike shop in their area if they're interested in learning more and becoming more self-sufficient when it comes to their own bike maintenance?
1: Yeah, I think there's information just, you know, flying around us all the time. so. If you have internet access, I mean, there's YouTube videos and all this all this stuff, but specifically, there's a tool manufacturer that I feel like has really great information, Park Tool. And Park Tool also has a great book called The Big Blue Book of Bicycle Repair. Okay. Books are great. Contacting your local bike shop if you've got one. And a lot of times, local bike shops will put on classes or it's suggested. Classes are often fee-based. So it's another way that, that bike shops can get some income if it's something they haven't been doing it, suggesting it to them. Mm-hmm. It couldn't hurt, right? So uh, local bike shops put on classes frequently, books, the internet. Uh, there's another fantastic book that we love here at Yellow Bike called Chain Breaker. And a female mechanic co-wrote it. And she came out of a, a community bike shop world as well in New Orleans at Plan B and worked at French Quarter Bicycles. It's super accessible, like hand illustrations. It's really a great introductory
0: book. I'll be sure to link to all of those so that people can find them. Cool. And can you let people know how to find Yellow Bike Project and how to learn more about the work that you're doing there?
1: Sure. Uh, Yellow Bike, uh, we're on the internet. <laughs> so austinyellowbike.org. I think we also have an Instagram, uh, AustinYellowBike. And if you're in Austin, just call us up come into the shop. And if you're in another city, and you're interested in how you might get something like this started in your city, we answer those phone calls all the time. So we can help give ideas, uh, shoot an email to austinyellowbike at gmail.com.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share about your own biking experience and the work of Yellow Bike.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Sarah. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the show. Be sure to go to the show notes to find all of the great resources Savannah mentioned and to learn more about the Yellow Bike Project. You'll also find a link there to the Joyride podcast episode I was recently on. I had a lot of fun chatting with Kat and I hope you'll go and check it out. Next time, Jessica Massiera will be coming on the show. She and her family recently became car-free in California and she'll share how they are adjusting to their new lifestyle. I hope you'll join me then.